Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Welcome to Tell Your Story. This is Pastor Laulu Laditon coming to you from our studios at uh, Gilgal House of Prayer in Crystal City, Texas. With me today is the super-duper sound engineer, the one and only Mr. Jesse, Jesse Perales. Let's, let's give him a round of applause. You can't see him because he's got to be behind the camera. So <laughs> he can't be in two places at the same time. He can't figure out how to do that yet. But he, other than that, he can do every, every, everything else. So, but we thank the Lord for our broadcast today. Well, this is Tell Your Story. This is on one day at a time. So, but uh, in, in this, you know, we have two different programs. One day at a time is a devotional. We meditate about the scriptures. Well, Tell Your Story is also a de, a, about the scriptures, but it is just principally people giving their testimony, their salvation experience their God experience, their uh, divine encounters. That's what Tell Your Story is going to be about. And uh, by the grace of God, tomorrow we're going to have our first guest. Now, that's going to be a secret. I'm not going to tell you who that person is going to be, but, man, you're going to be surprised. So be watching out. I encourage you to subscribe and uh, to watch out for our program so that you will meet this super-duper rumper guess that's coming from oh i can't tell you that either but uh, it's gonna be a fantastic program well welcome to um tell your story but before we start let's uh, go to the lord in prayer heavenly father we thank you oh lord our god our story has no meaning without you you at the beginning of our story because you made us you made us for your pleasure you made us fearfully and wonderfully, and we can. We are the only of all of, of all of your creation. We are the only ones who can appreciate what a wonderful God you are, because we're made in your image and after your likeness. Well, Father Lord, we just uh, I do thank you for this program. Uh, we pray, O oh Lord, that you will indeed bless this program. The blessing we want is that you use it to bless other people because we want to talk about you. We want to talk about what a good God you are, what great plans you have for us uh, from the very beginning and to the end. We want every, every heart to be lifted up in praise and adoration uh, to you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, because daily you surprise us with new things and with wonderful things blessed be your holy name father we pray that you holy spirit take control touch every heart make it fertile grounds for your word lord if there be anyone who does not know jesus as their lord and savior at the end of this program father let them be convicted every heart that is resi resistant to accepting jesus take away peace from them because if they reject the Prince of Peace, they cannot find peace anywhere else. So, O oh Lord, we pray that all the glory, all the honor, and all the majesty will be unto you. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. <coughs> Tell your story. It's about testimony about God. But today we want to take a little bit of diversion. We want to talk about heaven. <laughs> Have you, do you ever give it a thought as to what heaven is going to be like? Have you ever had a, 
uh, heavenly experience. I'm not talking about those pleasurable things you have on earth that you think, oh, I'm in heaven. Uh, people, when they eat a good meal, they say, oh, I'm in pizza heaven. Or uh, uh, something like that. No, we, well, there is a place, a physical place called heaven. And the Bible, the Bible tells us, all of experience of mankind uh, tells us that there is a heaven. Why are we thinking about heaven? I remember in 1976, I was in Australia. And uh, the church I was attending, uh, my pastor was Pastor Pres Preston. I still remember his name. Pastor Preston cannot say three sentences without mentioning heaven. He was the first human being. And interestingly, this was just shortly after I became a born-again Christian. Uh, uh, yeah. Shortly after I became a Christian, you know, I became a Christian in 1974. I went to Australia in 1976. So not long after I became a Christian. But he talked about heaven constantly. Heaven is a place that everybody wants to go to, but nobody wants to die. Well, I got news for you. You can't go to heaven unless, unless you die first. But that's not even totally true because to the reality of the case right now, people listen to me. The reality of the case right now is that God is taking people to heaven and showing them heaven and bringing them back to earth. They are experiencing heaven while they are here on earth. If you don't believe me, go online and Google Jesse Duplantis heavenly experience. Then there is this little boy... Um, his name escapes me. He was four years old when he died. He died on an operation table, and he went to heaven. He met his grandfather that he didn't even know about. He came back, and he, he was telling stories to his parents about things that happened long before he was born. And he talked about meeting uh, Peter and all those uh, uh, old or New Testament saints. So God is doing a new thing in our midst. So right now we know for sure that there is heaven because we have now have witnesses of people who have been to heaven physically. Jesse Duplantis' experience was a phys physical transportation to heaven and back. Other people, it's in their dreams. Some people, they just have a vision of heaven like uh, John had on the island of Patmos. But we know for sure that there is a heaven. Reminds me of a movie. It was, no, it was a play. When I was in UI, UI is the University of Ibadan when I was in college in the 70s. A friend of mine who was in the theater, theater department took me to a play. And the play was, uh, was based on the book, Suize Banzi is Dead. And one of the lines, in fact, I think the only line I remember from that movie has to do with heaven. Because they, they, they found a dead body that had an identity card. You know, it was based in South Africa. And in South Africa, you got to have some, at that time, during, this was during the apartheid period, you got to have an ID card to be able to work in certain places. And that's where you make a lot of money. 
so as a as a as a black man you couldn't go into those places unless you were going to work there and to work there you need some kind of identity card so they found a dead body that had an identity card and uh, uh, well, the other guy said well you know if you take his card you will be the dead person you exchange identities with the dead person and you can go into this place and work and said okay what about me well you know the, the, you, you're going to be dead because that dead body will be you but the real you will, work, <laughs> will, will be working in that city the guy said but I don't want to die <laughs> I said no no you're not going to be dead you're just going to pretend to be dead later on when you've made a lot of money you can go back home and tell your people that you are still alive but it was just interesting that he said I don't want, I don't want to die nobody wants to die because our understanding of heaven is extremely limited. We don't realize, like the Bible says, ears have not heard, eyes have not seen. What wonderful glories the Lord has for his children in heaven. Hmm. So what do we know about from heaven? Apart from now that we have, seriously speaking, with those eyewitness accounts that we are having now, we really don't need any other proof. Remember one of the parables Jesus gave about Lazarus and the rich man? When the rich man was suffering in hell, he begged God, said, please, let's send somebody to go and tell my people about what a terrible experience it is in hell so that they will not come back. And God said, look, even if somebody goes from here to the earth to tell them, they will not believe. And that's what what's going on right now. We got people like Jesse Duplantis who have been to heaven and come back. And people are still saying, oh, he's making it up. He's, he's hallucinating. Well, we can help you. <laughs> if you if you fail to believe, because uh, you 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 are you are arguing with an eyewitness account, you are arguing with a testimony. There is it is extremely foolish to argue with a, with someone's testimony because it's their personal experience. It's what they see. It's what they see. It's what they saw that they're recounting and you're saying that it's not true you got you 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 got no right to do that of course you got a right not to believe but it is foolish not to take such testimonies very seriously now let before we go on for those of you who are believers who are christians let's take a look at some of uh, the the biblical passages about testimonies about heaven so open your bible with me or like the tv evangelist will say turn with me in your bible to the book of john chapter 14 verses 1 to 4 john chapter 14 verses 1 to 4 this is jesus talking to his apostles he said don't let your heart be troubled trust in god and trust also in me there is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, 
would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. Whoa, this is a loaded passage. But the most important thing, well, I, mean, well, I won't say that. What I want to emphasize is that Jesus giving his disciples the assurance that there is a heaven and he has, he's going there to prepare a place for them. There are very various mansions that he's going to build a mansion for them so that when they come, he will, when their mansion is ready, he will come back to take them and they will be with him forever. You know what? That promise is for you too, believer. If you are a true believer in Jesus Christ, if you are born again, Jesus has gone to build a mansion for you in heaven so that where he is, you will be there also with him forever. That's very comforting. Uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 to 6. Isaiah says that, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundation, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Even from the Old Testament times, God has been showing people visions of heaven. Isaiah saw the Lord seated on his throne. He said, the, the, as the, as the uh, King James Version puts it, the train of his robe filled the, the, his, the temple with glory and the cherubims and the seraphims that were attending to him. They were shouting, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. <laughs> the Lord of the heaven's armies. Isaiah witnessed to the fact that there is a heaven, there is a God where the throne of God is. The book of Revelation, chapter 4, verses 1 to 11, tells us, Then I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I have heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, Come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the Spirit, and I saw a throne in heaven, and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstone, like jasper and carnelian. And the glow of an em emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. Twenty-four thrones surrounded him, and twenty-four elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. And in front of the throne were seven turkeys with burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, 
each covered with eyes, front and back. The first of these living beings was like a lion, and the second was like an ox, and the third had a human face, and the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings were covered all over with eyes, inside and out. Day after day and night after night, they kept on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who always was, the one who is, and the one who is still to come. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, and they lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and they exist because you created what you please. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is a vision of the heavenly court that God gave to John on the island of Patmos. <laughs> he saw the majesty of God. He saw the 24 crowns, the 24 uh, thrones surrounding the throne of God. He saw the 24 elders seated on, the, on those crowns, those thrones with golden crowns on their head. He saw them, he saw the four living beings that were surrounding the throne, going around the throne of God, singing, Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, the one who was, who is, and who will be forever, testifying to the fact that God is an everlasting God from eternity to eternity, eternity past to eternity future, the one who is present in all places at all times, the one not limited by time or space. So what else do we have to say about this God that has already not been spoken? His majesty defies our definition. That's wonderful. This God is. So what else do we have to say? I want to, uh, even the 24 elders, they took, their, they took their crown and they say, you and you alone are worthy. You are the only one worthy of praise. You are the only one worthy of adoration. Well, that's not the end of it. God even gave John the vision of what couldn't happen in the end. Because in Revelation 21, 1 to 7, John said, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I had a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. 
And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down. What I'm telling you is trustworthy and true. And also, and he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. And all, all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Now, <laughs> what, oh, not only do we know what heaven looks like, we, God has given us a vision of what will happen in the end. So there is plenty of evidence from the past, from the prayer and the present, that there is a heaven, that there is a God. You see? So if heaven is so beautiful, now that begs, begs the question, what are we doing here on, on this earth? Why can't God just uh, take, a, take away every bad thing on earth and take all of us to heaven? And that will be the end of the story. And we cannot just be enjoying heaven. Well, it's not as simple as that. I like the way Rick Warren puts it in his classic, uh, The Purpose Driven Life. And he gave us three reasons why we are still, why we are, why we, why we are on earth. He says, he believes that our existence here on earth is actually to prepare us for heaven. So while we are here on earth, we have to have three experiences. So one, life is a test. See, a series of tests to develop and reveal our character. Life is a test. So those unpleasant experiences that you are having, those tests that you are having, is to reveal your character so that your character can be molded into the image of the Son of God so that you can be prepared for heaven. Then he said that life is a trust. While we are here on earth, God has entrusted us with certain assets. Your time, your energy, your intelligence, your opportunities, your relationships, and your resources. And as stewards of these assets, we will be evaluated on how we use them. And how well we use them will determine our position in heaven. That is what the parable of the talents in the book of Matthew chapter 25. That's what it's all about. Listen to it again. Life is a test. A test of your character. Then life is a trust. All those things that you have, if you are a millionaire, you are putting the, in there, all the money God has given you, he has put them in your trust to see how well you're going you're gonna to use them. If you are very talented, the talent God has given you is to see how well you're going to use them. If you have a high position, I feel sorry for all those people in high positions, in the, like in those decadent countries like Nigeria, 
all those senators making billions of money, stealing money right, left, and center, while the common man is suffering on the streets. I feel so sorry for every single one of them. It doesn't make any, diff any difference how many churches you go to to have them pray for you. You are going to suffer miserably in heaven because you have caused misery to a lot of souls who are going to be demanding reparation. So everything God has given us, he has put in our trust to use for the betterment of mankind. And you think because you are president of a country, you can abuse the people. Or you are president of a company, your people, the people working for you are, are minions that you can abuse. <laughs> God has only put it in your trust. When, you, when your evaluation report comes and you get your due, uh, your due reward, there will be no one to plead for you. Life is a, it's a test. Life is a trust. Number three, life is a temporary assignment that makes all of us ambassadors of Christ. You see, First Peter chapter 2, verses 11 to 12 says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. It's a temporary assignment. The trouble is that most, most of us live as if we're going to be on this earth forever. We pursue earthly things with every, with every fiber of our body. Not realizing that we are only here for a short period. Even if you live to be 200 years, can you compare that to the rest of eternity? We pursue buying big cars, expensive homes. Some of these people, they just amaze me. They have, you, they have mansions all over the place. All these millionaires, they have a, a, a mansion in France. Or a, a, every every capital, capital of uh, uh, in America, they have homes there. They have summer homes and winter homes and spring homes. They have ranches uh, all over the world. Tell me, my friend, how many, how many houses can you live in at once? If you have 12 cars, so I was watching a YouTube uh, uh, video of the Prince of Dubai. And this guy has like 50 luxury cars. I'm talking Lamborghinis and, and uh, cars like that. 50. One of those princes, all his cars are golden. <laughs> Tell me, with 50 cars... Do you know that, according to the Muslim rites, when this guy dies, he's not going to be buried in any of those cars. He is not even going to be buried in a coffin. They're going to go, just going to wrap him up in a white sheet of a white sheet and throw him in the grave. No ceremonies. And you have 50 luxury cars. How many of those can you drive at a time? Have you given thought to all those people who are starving all over the world? 
there are people who have to go in, in, in certain countries, like Nicaragua. There are children who have to go and scavenge in the garbage dump to get something to eat. And you've got 50 Lamborghinis in your house worth billions of dollars. They say he, he, he has hired 22 people just to take care of his cars. <laughs> Unbelievable people. They forget that life is a temporary assignment. Well, we have to realize that we are, as Christians, we are ambassadors on this earth. We are not supposed to feel too comfortable. I believe that that's why God has not made us too comfortable here. And because some of us, when we are too comfortable, we begin to believe. We begin to say, oh, we love you so much here. We forget to think about heaven, where our real home is. That's why God allows us to have some problems in our lives so that we will be able to evaluate our character and our position yeah, at various times. The book of James chapter 2, verses 2 to 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. The book of Romans chapter 5, 3 to 5, reiterates that position. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Ladies and gentlemen of the faith, this should give us enough thought to think about how we are living our lives. Knowing that there is a heaven. Knowing that we are only here on this earth temporarily. Knowing that everything God has given us is, uh, he has put it in tr uh, as a trust for us to use properly. Knowing that one day we will stand before him and give an account of how we have lived our lives. Because the Bible says that judgment begins in the house of God. The judgment in the, of the house of God is not going to be based on whether you're going to go to heaven or earth. Because you're going to go to heaven purely on your relationship with Jesus Christ. Who has paid the price and paved the way for you. But it's going to be based on what your position in heaven is going to be. So on earth here, we're being prepared for our home, our position, our duty in heaven. So don't think because people are running after you here and carrying your Bible for you and giving you title and calling you sir. <laughs> don't think because you've got servants all over the place, you've got mansions all over the place here on earth, you're going to have the same in heaven. 
That is if you make it to heaven. And then that leads us to the final part of this message. How do I get to that heaven? For some of you, that question has already been answered. Because you are already part of the body of Christ. You have, you have realized the importance of having Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can say for sure that you have been born again. But for some of you, that's still an unanswered question. See, all this glorious picture we have painted about heaven, you have to ask yourself, am I going to get there? See, there are all kinds of theories in the world today. There are those who believe that, well, if you are a good person, your good acts and your bad acts will be evaluated. If the good you have done outweighs the bad, then you're going to be allowed into heaven. It's not true. There are those of you who believe that, uh, oh, you are Buddhists. And uh, if you die, the, uh, you're, you're going to, uh, what do the Buddhists believe? So the, the, the Hindu, the Hindu are the ones who believe that there's going to be some kind of reincarnation. And uh, maybe you're going to come back as a cat or a dog. Or <laughs> maybe you're going to come back as, uh, I don't know, until you get to some reincarnation that will be, you become part of the light and the nirvana and all that rubbish. It is not true. And there are those of you who are Muslims who believe that if you follow the five cardinal uh, statutes of Islam, you go to Mecca, you give alms, you pray five times a day. What are the other two ones? I guess you don't hear it. Maybe you're gonna be, maybe you're gonna make it to heaven. I got news for you. It's not true. I'm not deprecating any religion. I'm not offering you a religion. Listen to me, people, because God loves you. Because God loves you, He has prepared a way for you to get to heaven, and that way is Jesus Christ. See, he's the only one who came from heaven to the earth to die for our sins. Because without that atonement, you can't make it to heaven. Nobody can. You cannot walk your way to heaven. God is totally holy. And unless you are totally holy, you can't make it to heaven. And the only thing that can make you holy is the blood of Jesus Christ. That is the only sacrifice. So if you reject that sacrifice, you will have only yourself to blame. You see, I'm not coming to you from a position of superiority or anything. This is what God has laid down for himself, for us to find salvation. There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through him, except Jesus Christ, except Jesus Christ. 
you got to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Now, if you don't believe me, you have access to God or to some kind of goodness. You pray by yourself. If you are really sincere about making it to heaven, say, I don't believe this guy. I'm going to go to God myself and ask him. Say, God, show me what is the truth. I want to make it to heaven. Show me. Let me have that assurance. If you are truly concerned about it, but if you are not concerned about it, we got no problems. We got no issue. You are free to believe whatever you want. <laughs> I like the way Oprah Winfrey puts it. Oprah Winfrey says that she doesn't care for any religion. She takes full responsibility for the decision she has made to ignore any religion. That's, that, that's her choice. You can be like that, too. But, oh, man, I got news for you. On the day of judgment, it's not going to be pleasant. Do you know what it is to be in eternal, to be in eternal hellfire? Have you ever burnt your hand on a hot surface? Now imagine that fire burning the whole of your body. If you're satisfied with that, say that no problem, I can live with that. But you're going to have to live with it for all of eternity. Now why do you want to give yourself that experience when God has provided a way for you to escape it? Free. What's holding you? Your pride? I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. But maybe it makes to you. But you can't say you didn't hear. Because no flesh will be justified before God. No single human being will be able to say, Oh Lord, I didn't know. Not one. Because God is a totally and completely just and holy God. But the choice is yours. That's why he has given us the free will. Accept Jesus Christ. What else do we want God to do? We chose to rebel against him. And he provided the way out. Sacrificing his only begotten son for, for us. And you're going to say that's not good enough for you? Who else do you have to blame but yourself? Well, that's what this is all about, for us to know about the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God has not sent his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him will be saved. Whosoever believed will be saved. But he who rejects his son is condemned already because he has not believed on the name of the only begotten son of God. Like we used to say in geometry in those days. No, trigonometry. QED. <laughs> that is, it is proved. That's the end of the story. I pray that you will find your way to Jesus Christ, the only Savior of your, of your soul. And as a believer, I pray that you will not Grab on too tightly to the things of this world. 
but your focus will be in heaven so that you can give a good account of the resources that God has given you here on this planet earth. Father, we just give you all the glory and all the honor because you are a loving God. Thank you, Lord, that we can make this broadcast today, this podcast today. Thank you, Father, for all our listeners. Thank you for Brother Jesse who, who puts all, all these things together. Thank you, O Lord, our God, for your love which we experience daily. Father, I pray that if there be anyone who has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, O Lord, touch the heart of such a person. For everyone who prays to know the truth, O Lord Jesus, you who revealed yourself to to Saul, on the way to Damascus. Let them have their own Damascus experience, Father. Reveal yourself to them, Lord Jesus. Let them know that you are the only Messiah of the world. Father, I just pray in the mighty name of Jesus that all the glory will be unto you. For in Jesus' marvelous name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Thank you once again for being with us today on Tell Your Story. Now, we're going to be having a different format on this program because when we do Tell Your Story, you're going to be hearing the story, the testimony of different people. Occasionally, we'll bring teaching uh, programs like this, but it will be primarily about testimonies of people, their divine encounters, their heavenly experiences. And I hope that you'll be blessed with this program. We ask you to please subscribe to this channel. We will really appreciate that. We ask you to uh, pray for us because we need prayers. That the Lord will use this program to the glory of of his name. And then thirdly, we ask you to please share it. Because every time you share it, you are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are helping to propagate the kingdom of our Savior. You are helping to bring, you don't know who the Lord will bring, will use it to bless and save them from hellfire. Thank you once again. The Lord bless you abundantly in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you.